0: Hey, you all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble falling asleep. You're in the right place. Welcome to Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. Tonight's trending Twitter Tuesday, so we do it with a bedtime story about what's trending on Twitter. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, press play. We'll do the rest. And what we're going to do is... Read a safe place with the podcast and tell you a story that distracts you from everything that's running through your brain stuff you should have done stuff you wish you'd done something you wish you said to somebody that got up in your you know business or whatever you know stuff you need to do stuff you'd like to do stuff you'd rather be doing whatever your nasty brain is telling you or whatever you want to call it whatever you know gray matter sometimes we call it ego id, superstructure, your wang-doodle, snozzberries, whatever. We're going to distract you from that with a story. So the story's going to start out interesting, or it might even start out distracting, or something like that. I'm distracted, I guess. But I'm going to talk, and you're going to listen instead of thinking, because you can't listen and think at the same time, supposedly, according to... According to this guy that lives, uh, this, like, gnome, he told me. It was a garden gnome. I'm not sure if those are the kind of gnomes you're supposed to trust or not. But and then I'm going to keep talking, like, now, and talk about stuff like, uh, why, you know, why why do, why are garden gnomes, why do they always have red hats, huh? Did you ever think about it? I mean, maybe I've seen a few with blue hats. I mean, I guess if they had a green hat, you'd think they're a Christmas elf. you would think they're a Christmas ornament, right? And then I might look up, like, oh, well, you know, it's based on this uh, Swedish legend about the uh, gnomish gardenish bologna. I I don't know. That's the podcast, basically. That sums it up pretty good. Uh, It's a podcast to put you to sleep. You listen, and I, you know, drone, I, you know, talk and say that. Uh, That's it. We're on the web at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. If this is your first time here, Trending Twitter episodes are at www.sleepwithmepodcast.com Tuesdays. If you need to reach me, it's feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com by email. Add Dearest Scooter on Twitter. Facebook is Sleep With Me Podcast. You can comment on the website. You can do whatever you want. Just say hi. You know, let me know how you're feeling. Let me know what's working, what isn't working. what, uh, How you found us, where you're from, any of that stuff. I'd love to hear from you. If you. If you use that thing called snail mail... And you want to send a self-addressed stamped envelope, you can send to Sleep With Me podcast, P.O. Box 1751, Alameda, California, 94501. You send, You send a self-addressed stamped envelope. So you send an envelope with that address on it. Inside you put an envelope with a stamp and your address on it. And I'll send you three pages of outline for the show. Holy, I know, Christmas in uh, September-ish. Late September, believe it or not, for only I think the stamps are forty-seven cents, so you're talking about ninety-four cents or ish. So do that. I mean, if you're if you're game for for reliving, I mean, it'll be like you're in the eighteen hundreds and shit. Oh, you'll be waiting for the Pony Express to roll up. Now they come in trucks nowadays, uh, so no Pony. it won't be Pony Express. But you know, you could put down your virtual reality helmet or whatever. And go out there and, you know, open your mailbox. Maybe you'll see a neighbor or something and greet them. But that's it. That's the podcast. If this is your first time here, you're getting a good dose of what happens. But if, you're just, if you are stopping here, just see if this podcast works. You know, put it on. If you're having trouble sleeping, I hope it helps you. It doesn't help everybody. So if it doesn't help you, I, I honestly hope you uh, find something. I have some boring stuff in the show notes from episode 140. Uh, that's like, you know, just real boring stuff. So that might work. Uh, but yeah, uh, otherwise, this is a podcast to put you to sleep. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I hear from everyone else. All right, let's get on to the trending Twitter Tuesdays. All right, it's trending Twitter Tuesdays, home of twin, twending, I have a habit of saying, but it's trending Twitter tales. It's Tuesday. We check what's trending and we make a tale. From Twitter. And there might be other T's that I'm missing. Totally time. Time. (laughs) Totally time. For trending Twitter tales. So I'm going to. Turn. On my telephone. And. You know. Do something that starts with a T. uh, Telepathically. Check Twitter. Live. I'm checking it. It is. Uh, five, well, I can't, I guess I can't do two things at once, just like I say in the intro. It's, uh, 522 and 928, but by the time, it might be 523 by the time I get this going. Discover. Trends. Camera. I don't usually, I don't know if I do that on the camera. All right. So we have a promoted one. That's a. It's been a while since we've had a promoted trend. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right. So we're gonna do it. That's it. So let's get on to trending. Twitter Tuesday on Sunday, nine twenty-eight, five twenty-three. Actually, I gotta change the camp picture thing. That's what I see. What I do is I take a picture. So that I don't start the story, and then the trends change, which would be a disaster. All right, camera roll. All right, we're in bedness. It was at five twenty-three. The picture was taken. All right, Pacific Daylight Time. All right, we're on to the trending Twitter tale. Hey guys, it's uh, so it's kind of uh, like a move, another move weekend ended. Another week's ready to begin. And it's trending Twitter Tuesday, so I figured I'd tell you about the, the movie I saw this weekend. I was thinking, uh, I was lucky because I saw this movie, and I was like, what is better way to go to sleep than if you wussify a horror movie, you know, for bedtime purposes? And it just happened to see this movie. And I, I guess it's hard because it's like, is this a, like, what genre is a movie like Alien versus Predator? It's not a horror movie. I guess you could say it's sci-fi, but so I saw this. So I saw this movie, and I guess you would say what there was nothing scary about it. Good news, there was nothing scary about it. It was called Forty uh, ers versus Vikings, and it's like this whole trend, which I, I guess I, I say it with this voice, but this trend I like, like Alien versus Predator. Be honest, I can't remember if I like that or not. I saw it. I'm positive. I think Adrian Brody was in it. Uh, he's a person. That uh, he he always makes interesting choices when it comes to movies. He's all over. It's not like he's like oh I'm only doing this. So I like that about him. Pretty sure he was in Alien versus Predator, A V P they called it. And there's other and other versus movies, and they're gonna keep coming because. To be honest, you know it's weird because I was thinking about the movie business this past uh, day earlier on, when unrelated to the podcast. I think I was procrastinating or daydreaming. And I was like, man, like, I love going to the movies now, Go going to movie theaters and watching a movie. Now, I like watching movies at home. I was catching a little Dallas Buyers Club last night. I did not catch that in the film, uh, the theater, but I was catching it last night on the old DVR. But the experience of going to the movies is great. Now, what's the downside of going to movies? It's really expensive. I mean, just for two people... If you're going in there with, you know, you're sneaking sodas and food in there, you're still talking like twenty eight bucks for starters. What one good thing about the movies that I'm 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 not positive about this, but when they tell you a price, that's the price. Like, I, if you're gonna say it's fourteen bucks, it better be fourteen bucks, and not be, uh, no, it 1587 or okay? it's fifteen eighty seven or sixteen oh two. Okay, if it's fourteen bucks, most movie places are fourteen bucks, so we got they got that going for them. As far as the prices go, if the pop, I don't know about the pop, I have a, have a, I'm a, i am i find gorging myself on popcorn um, to be on like borderline intolerable behavior. Um, but that's neither here nor there. So we go, I had to psycho to the movies basically. Now, this wasn't one of these giant movie theaters because obviously a movie like 49ers versus the Vikings, I got to go hit the, uh, I got to go hit the city you know, underground movie society type situations because this was one, you know, this was one I had to go looking for. Now, well, back to my point, though, before I go start, like the movie business. So, I don't know. So I was thinking about the movie business because I was thinking, I I was listening to Script Notes, one of my favorite podcasts. I've mentioned it before. If you like writing or movies, check it out, Script Notes. It's uh, done by Craig Mazin and John August. Great podcast. Great dynamic between the two hosts but they had been talking about the movie businesses that they they do sometimes and they're talking about well, what if like a movie studio owned the theater and you're like okay like S- sony or the disney theater and you're like oh that's where you go to see those movies and it's like okay would that be a different model like oh you gotta and uh what, what would that be like i was just daydreaming talk about i mean talk about boring stuff you could be daydreaming about and i was like yeah, would be the Sony Theater like? And do they have enough movies in the pipeline uh, to do that? And then my daydreaming like, phew, it went from that to I was daydreaming about uh, like, well, what happened to variable pricing? Didn't they say at some point, I guess movies do a very it's either a matinee or a full price movie. But wasn't there a point where it was like the movie theater would monitor how many seats it's got, and then like right before the movie, it'd be like, okay. $2, you know, if you're coming in. Or it's like five minutes after the movie starts, you can pay four bucks to go in. That never happened. They said, I guess JetBlue and Southwest maybe do a version of it, but I'm not even sure. I uh, don't know. It was one of those disruptive technologies we were promised and never delivered on. So I spent a while thinking about variable pricing and then I got bored with that. I started getting a little angry uh, that variable pricing isn't everywhere. Like at a I mean, I don't know why they'd have it at Starbucks. They're always got people buying stuff at full price. You know, I don't know. I guess there's no point there either. I'm starting. So, so whatever. Uh, I was thinking about the movies. I went to a movie. Now, like I said, this wasn't a regular theater. One of the things I was thinking about is like, so if Sony is uh, got their own movie theater, they have their Sony movies. Would they lease it out? You know, in between movies. To somebody that would want to show a movie like uh, 49ers versus Vikings, Vikings versus 49ers, it was just—and believe it or not—that wasn't even trending today. Vikings versus 49ers, they didn't play each other, but not not important. Uh, important thing is it was this movie, and this is like a—it a, was an English. It was done in English, but I guess the movie was made in Korea, which I don't know the financials behind it because I just heard about the movie. And I went to it, but it brings up uh, another movie. Uh, I think that was from Hong Kong, the original that I've talked about before, which is the movie, the movie that the the movie depart the Departed, is based on this movie called. And again, I'm terrible with names. I used to think it was called Internal Affairs, but I'm pretty sure it's called Infernal Affairs. And if you want to see a movie, if you're into subtitle movies. Check that movie out. It is uh, awesome. The acting is, phew, man, oh, I love that movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. And to be honest, I love the people in The Departed and stuff, but I just had such a soft spot for that movie. I saw it before, way before The Departed. Um, but yeah, whatever. That's not, neither here nor. So I, let's get to the juice, huh? Shall we? 49ers was like, So I go, I find out about this movie on the internet and I'm like, oh man, like, uh, it looks like it's eight bucks. It's not involved with anybody I've already got on their bad side. It's at this theater. So it's at this great theater. If you, if you live in the East if you live in the Bay area, are you are going to be in Oakland, another great Oakland spot called the new parkway theater? And they have pizza. You can actually get beer if you drink beer. You can get soda. I think they probably have root beer on tap. Um, Sandwiches. they got two theaters. Popcorn, of course. Probably have wine, too. And it's a nice little experience. And Sometimes they show sports there, too. The reason it's called the New Parkway is because there used to be this theater called the Parkway Theater. Now, the New Parkway is not... it's a movie theater, but it's like a warehouse type situation converted to a movie theater. They do a great job. Don't 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 confuse what I'm saying because I was there watching this movie. And maybe in reality, maybe not. Maybe this was a fugue state, but it's not important. But they used to have this old theater for real called the new, the Parkway. Now that was um in Oakland. The, the new park was in downtown Oakland or uptown Oakland. Uh, I'm not sure of the cross street. Not that far from West Grand and Broadway, you could walk it if you take the bar. It'll be a little bit of walk, or you could hop on the 51A. There's a sweet shop right by there. I'm not sure the name. Old school sweet shop. You got. I think they have a soda fountain type situation. I was in there. I got myself some sort of baked good one time. They got coffee the whole nine yards. But this isn't a walking tour. Could have been. Should have been. Probably. But so you go to goes theater. Now that before that they had the Parkway. The original Parkway was over on the other side of Lake Merritt. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm East, it's not quite East Lake. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not an Oakland real estate agent, so I don't know the hip names for all the neighborhoods. But right, right, right off the lake it was a really nice theater. But I guess the people that owned it they had a lot of trouble like paying the bills, like they're running this as a, um, what do you call that thing, like a love-type situation out of their hearts. And I think it was a husband and a wife and another guy, Will the Thrill, who's like a Thrillster-type movie guy and Tiki expert-type guy, really cool. I don't know him, but I know of him. Husband and wife, I'm not sure of their names, but they would introduce the movies sometimes with these little video segments. I have a fond spot, spot in my heart for the, the original parkway. New parkway, um, great. No emotional attachment to it, though. I mean, if it was to go away, I'd have an emotional attachment. But uh, it's a lot cleaner. The old parkway, the downside was wasn't so clean, but it wasn't dirty. It just was like uh, rough around the edges. So whatever, this movie's, movie's at the New Park. Where I find out about it, they're like, this is a one-time showing. This guy's in from Korea. He's got the only print of it. Supposedly, this movie's banned in, like, uh, countries that, uh, like, Nor, like Norwegian-type countries for portrayal, uh, unfair portrayal Vikings. And a uh, uh, possibility alert, this might be, there might be some realistic stuff based, I mean... Like there may be some stuff in that happening in this movie uh, based on reality. But let's get to the plot of the movie, shall we? All right, so movie. So it starts out uh, with the uh, Vikings at the height of their power. And uh, I, I don't know if it was Leif Erikson or Eric the Red or, again, history class was not uh, – I, w- I wasn't paying attention. But it was also like subtitled in Norse, some Norse, uh, dialect or something. And it was very, like, it was beautiful. I can't, I don't know how they got this movie made. I don't, I don't, i got to find out how much it cost because it looked like a million bucks. I mean, probably like five, six, seven, eight million bucks. So it was like a lot of this Norse sea and churning and like you got like them conquering stuff, kind of like a s- segment with them out in their boats and then landing places and people screaming and running, but then you have this leader. I think it was Eric the Red. Let's just say it's Eric the Red for you know, kicks. they probably changed it to something else, but maybe they just called him the Red. I don't know. But because uh, I did have to go to the bathroom at one point, so I missed his. You know, if they showed his name or talked to him, but so he's the leader, and something happens. Where he, uh, like, uh, I'm not sure the religious system there, but he, it, it was like this religious guy. Like, this wasn't like old Loki Odin situation. Like, this was more like different named gods or whatever. But so there was this like priest type guy, and he's saying that, uh, they need to assemble this like one army to, uh, do the dirty work, basically. And this guy's like, ah, and he's like, no, 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 you know, we're, we only pillage and plunder what we need. And reforming the whole, I mean, this is, again, I'm paraphrasing, of course. This is a, you know, type, and maybe not, that wasn't, I don't know. I don't do imitations, obviously. But so he's like, you know, I'm I'm thinking about revising this whole pillaging and plunder and stuff anyway. Because, you know, we've been conquering so long and... uh You know, and then this guy's like, you're going to make it, you know, the gods are going to be angry with you. uh, You know, you cannot stop, you know. And they kept talking about Alaska and going west. And this guy's like, west is overrated, man. First off, it's cold up there. You know, where we got it, we got it, you know, we got a moderate climate. You know, it gets cold in the winter, but, you know, the rest of the time is pretty sweet here. And, you know, I got all these finger areas you know we got isthmuses, we got peninsulas. Why, you know, the, have you seen the North Sea? We're we're here for the montage at the beginning, and this priest's like, I've already assembled an army to conquer the West, uh, and it was like the worst guys. And uh, the, like this guy, the red had already sent people over there, and he had heard, uh, you know, the people weren't that bad. Like that, it was originally. You know you had the indigenous people which were nice and they kind of got messed with but then you also have like a lot of um whatever religious folks trying to escape persecution and then you know the whole thing and so whatever they uh this I think this is like 14 somewhere between 1400s and the 1700s don't you know don't hold me to it but so this guy goes, you know where's this army? And uh, you know, this launches into this sweet action sequence because I mean after like there's talking parts of course, uh he's like, you know, do I, you know, shut it down and this priest is like no. And then of course there's a whole love like love loss thing. So his he's in love with his he's like this Ned Stark, like nah not not Ned Stark, but what something that guy the Australian guy would play, uh the other Australian guy, not uh Wolverine. Uh you know, Gladiator. What's his name? I don't know why I can't think of his name. Again, I'm not even making this up to be funny. He's a huge star, super famous, but it'll come to me. So, whatever, that, that uh he was just in the Noah movie. Uh, it'll it'll come to me. I'm I'm not disrespecting him either. I like his work. But so um what was my point? Oh, So they run off, but the priest takes this guy's wife with this crew, the dark crew he assembled, the dark Vikings they called, started calling them. And then this guy's like, oh, no, 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 no. And uh, so he catches him. And uh, his wife's still missing, and they catch the priest. They priest is toast. And uh, these guys... Like, they wouldn't tell them. Was like, where's my wife? And they're like, well, well, you know, where's my wife? Uh, None of them are speaking. And it's like uh, because they had a – they don't speak because the priest had, like, called it the X factor. He had branded Xs on their tongues, and it prevented them – totally messed up their tongues. Like, I guess they preferred not speak because it would be like, you know, fine. Like, probably welted up. And, you know, the, who knows what their um, dental hygiene was like and their hygiene in general. These are not only Vikings. These are, like, the dark Vikings. And, I mean, like, they have dark hearts. And also the scenes were shot in the really dark things. So this Eric the Red, he's mad, man, pissed, can't get an answer. He already toasted the priest because he didn't know about the tongue thing till after. And these guys are, like, these are not guys that are going to yield... And so Eric the Red says, I've got to punish these guys somehow. Now, way out in one of their northern oceans is this place uh, where there was this weird sort of thing. It was called, uh, they called it Once is Frozen, Now Never Frozen Again was like the way they said it. Like, Once is Frozen, Now Never Frozen Again. And it was like uh, in the middle of this uh, like ice-locked area was this... uh, what do you call that thing a whirlpool and uh, it was like a warm whirlpool and they considered it like the uh, funnel I don't know they there's some religious again I was at that point I wasn't paying attention because some freaking somebody's gotta start opening hard candy again and I'm trying and again I'm having my internal debate my hard candy opening internal debate and then then I'm like having a debate about having a debate and I'm saying buddy just watch the movie just mind your business. And so, you know, people are going to open hard candy when they open hard candy. It's not your thing. So I have the whole hard candy debate. And then it's, it's like, how come that in movies? They don't like if you go to like a, a play, they tell you like, I mean, I guess maybe because more older hard candy eaters are at plays than movie theaters. But, you know, everybody complains about texters or people yelling stuff out. But what about these hard candy people, huh? When are we going to start cracking down on them? When are you going to have an animated finger, finger – uh, when are you going to have an animated figure that's like a heart – and be like, whoa, 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 don't take that wrapper off. It would be funny, you know, like keep your clothes on. But so whatever. Uh, I just missed the religious significance, but it, so it was like this – again, not another incredibly looking filmed thing. You got these planes of ice – you got all these Vikings, and they're pulling. At first, you don't know what's happening. Like, you just know once, I guess I spoiled it for you, but said once it's frozen, will never be frozen again. You know, take them there. And then there's this chanting, and then these Vikings. These were the big Vikings, like some big old Vikings, and they're pulling stuff. And then uh, they uh, are pulling the boat with all the uh, dark Vikings in there. And then, boom, they throw these dark Vikings off the into this whirlpool, they whirlpool down the drain, and then it follows down the drain, 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 and then it goes drip, 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 and then it you know does one of those um, transition type things to like water dripping, and you got and you got these miners, 49ers. and these guys like you want to talk about playing stereotypes. I mean, I know. That probably, you know, this, I'm assuming South Korea with textbooks there, they probably say, you know, everybody had overalls and a red one piece uh, thingamajig on and one of those hats with the flap in the front, big beards. So these, all these, this was like all these minor 49ers and they're dripping this water. The water was dripping. They're like working in some, uh, working in some sort of, uh, river-type situation, exploiting res- the Earth. But they seem like amicable guys. Like, there's probably, like, about 20 of them, and they called themselves the, um... I forgot. It's like the, like they were a Snow White's crew, but they had extra names. I think, what did they call themselves, though? I don't know if the Snow White's crew had a name, but uh, the Gem Seekers, I don't know, but... You know, they like you had Sneezy and Doc, and they always did it against type. So, like, Sneezy was, like, the most tough-looking guy. Uh, kind of like in um, The Dwarves. Was that what they are in, uh, like, the Hobbit movies? Like, I don't understand. I'd like to get into the dwarf genetics because, like, you have, like, that one dude who is obviously the leader. He's supposed to be the heartthrob. He doesn't look anything like most of the other dwarves. OK, that's not I don't know about that. I don't buy it. And what? why is a dwarf leader like look like he's half human and like 33 percent human, 33 percent out, 33 percent dwarf, 100 percent, you know, studly wrong. But I guess they did it in this 49er movie, too. So this guy, uh, Sneezy, did I say? Yeah, Sneezy. He was like the uh, the heartthrob character. And kind of like a Earl Flynn of uh, of uh, mining. And then you had, you had Doc and everything, but, uh, I don't know, Grumpy. Grumpy was, you know, a good guy that was in good mood, <laughs> you know, witty stuff. And then you had, like, I don't know who they, uh, Garbage was one of them. That's mean nickname. That guy was definitely Garbage then I can't remember all the other names, but there's like 20 or 30 guys. They all had a nickname. That's what they went by. So they so they were just mining. Like, basically, you got this segment of them working, and you got a couple, uh, you know, companionship-type situations. Like, you had a little cave-in, and they save a guy, and he's totally fine. And Doc brings—Doc's the actual Doc. That one's for real. But, you know, what's-his-name saves him, Sneezy. And they pull them out of trouble, and then they all, you know, have one of those evenings around the fire, where they're, uh, you know, singing and dancing and drinking. And the one guy, the silly, the comic relief guy, it was not dopey. Like dopey was like the brains, like the guy with the glasses. It was the same guy. I don't know if you guys watch The Walking Dead, but the guy looks a little bit like John Ritter. He was actually in Dallas Buyers Club. Too. so it was like a big weekend for me I'm sorry I don't know his name he played uh, like the governor's right hand man in uh, like season 3 of The Walking Dead maybe season 2 and 3, 3 and 4 but uh, he looks like a little bit like John Ritter rest in peace John Ritter and uh, he was in this movie he played uh, Dopey but he was like the brains and in uh, Dallas Buyers Club he was like the lawyer I think he was only in it for like five seconds but uh, i did not see all. Uh, there's still 45 minutes left in that dallas buyers club so no don't don't spoil it for me so where was i mining sequence nighttime oh so this the comic relief it's so a comic relief guy what was his name sneezy doc i think his name was like the name for Fool's Gold, which, of course, I can't think of, just like the guy, the famous guy whose name I can't think of. Russell Crowe the, is the person whose name I couldn't think of. So sooner or later, but I think that's what this guy's name was, but he was a comic relief. So he starts doing this dance called The Rumpel, and uh, they're all cracking up. It's a silly dance where he's like, you know, puttering around and they're playing, you know, they're playing, you know, miners. They're like got jugs out and washboards. Very, very um, simplistic version of miners or maybe realistic, I don't know. But meanwhile, so the sequence is like all is well in Mining Town, right? Wrong, of course, otherwise it wouldn't be a movie, but this is like, there's still more parts, like, you know, that things are fine. So they wake up the next day and this guy, the the fool's gold guy, parathie, P- Pelagnite, whatever it's called, uh, he's missing. So they all go looking for him, and they're calling for him, and they're like, "Oh, he probably had too much, you know, river, river miners even drank. I don't know, moonshine. No, probably they drank like who knows? Because they're west, western. I think these was. I think this took place in Alaska." And I think there was, like, a, a title card that said, like, where they were. Maybe it's California. But I think it was, like, or three, 400 years after the last time we saw the Vikings. So you should note that. But so the next thing you know, this guy comes out of this cave where they'd been working on the gold. And he's like, I found this another, uh, you know, path in this cave. I heard something this morning. That sounded like a horn, like, and the guys are like, the guys are like, huh? Well, you know, this earthquakes around here, you know, we got this gold vein, we're working already. That sounds too risky, man. And uh, he's like, why? Well, you know, I, I got to get my big, you know, I got this girl, you know, and there's another sequence where he's talking about this girl he's got. And how beautiful she is, and all the guys are you know, standing behind his back, making ugly faces, making fun of him. Kind of felt bad for him. Uh, well, whatever. And then we hear the horn, and he's like, see? And then all the other guys are like, I don't know. And then another couple hours go by, and then they hear the horn again. And, uh, at that time everyone's like, huh, that's interesting. And they're talking about it. If they talk to, uh, whatever dopey because he's the smartest one. He's like, it could be just like uh it's like I heard of this wind cave back in my like South Dakota days. And, you know, the cave would make noises and people heard it. And then that's how they discovered the cave. Cause he was like, there was this real small entrance, but he's like, you know, caves are known to make noise. You know, wind could be blown in and out, you know, with, with bats. He goes, but it's probably nothing. And then him and, uh, him and Pyrite. Is that what called? Pyrite? They don't get along. None of this has anything to do with Russell Crowe, by the way. I just mentioned his name um, to make a point at some point. But so, uh, whatever. They uh, Now, uh, as an aside here, like, I don't know why people always always go in, going into caves. Like, again, if you're going to have your checklist of stuff to do, don't go in caves, um, you know, or places in the earth okay just like bad idea but whatever this guy so then this guy that they have another uh which this kind of was a boring thing is that they had another fire scene and they gather around the fire again and the guy uh this guy what's his name pirate or whatever he's like uh he's like tonight i want to tell you a tale for i know what lives in that cave and then the guys, all the guys, this guy's, Pirate's a pretty good storyteller. And uh, the guys are all, well, this could be good for a laugh. You know, this guy's the comic relief anyway. But he's getting all serious. And he's like, you know, I was raised by the one of the old religions. And he's like, our leader that came to this new world was named uh, Steve Smith. And it was said that Steve Smith, this, is a diff- this was some religion that died off, actually, um, but. That, or at least it died off to me. I can't even remember what it was called. Uh, cause actually, I don't think he mentioned it. Maybe it was just made up for the movie. Because I was trying to think, like, what religion is Steve Smith involved in? But whatever. So this guy's like, uh, and he goes, you know that Steve Smith went into, he heard a cave. And I think this was in, um, like, Maine or something, where this religion was from, originally. This guy, Pyrite again. And he's like, go, he was called by the Lord into this deep cave, and there he discovered a giant ship. And it was said that this ship was from the heavens. It was the leftovers. It was like the escape vessel for the ark, Noah's ark. And on it was a legendary tablet about Noah encountering a great storm and how only he could escape with uh, his family and, uh, they, you know, gathered up some seeds and then they, uh, prayed and then they gathered up all the animals. I don't know. The guy goes on forever. It was, uh, got, got, I went to guy went to the bathroom because I was like, man, what the heck is, how long is this guy going to talk for about, uh, Steve Smith? And then he said, um, it, sitting on the deck of the ship was like this, uh, indigenous person meditating, Native American. I don't know what offensive term he probably would have used, but probably something offensive. And un- But he said this guy, said his name was Modia Madison. And he said, I am Modia Madison. Who are you? And he said, I'm Steve Smith of the uh, Smiths, uh, Maine Smiths, not the uh, not, not the New Hampshire Smiths. We don't get along with them, but, you know, we're Maine, Maine Smiths. M-A-I-N-E, I don't know how much of our language you know, but, you know, not M-A-I-N. We're not the main smiths. I mean, we're the main smiths in Maine. And the guy goes, stop, you're confusing me. Uh, well, why Why have you come into this cave? And he's like, well, I heard this noise and uh, I'd heard that this uh, Noah's Ark, I heard this rumor that the Ark sunk and uh, Noah escaped on this ship and I'm wondering if this is the ship. And this guy says, uh, what is it to you? And he said, well, it'd be pretty cool if the, Ten Commandments were on here, right? Don't they give you superpowers and, uh, you know, there's a lot of legends or at least we could confirm, you know, especially stuff about uh, adultery and stuff. I'd like to double check, you know, all the words and stuff. And the guy goes, why? He goes, well, I'm a, you know, I'm a guy and uh, just rumors around me in the village I'd like to do away, you know, about that's one of the troubles I've had with the New Hampshire Smiths. Because Smith's a pretty common name, and, uh, you know, I'd like to keep it common, you know, spread around a little bit. Um, so, and, you know, are the are the Ten Commandments on there? And so this guy's telling this story, right, the uh, pyrite. And then all of a sudden, like, this horn comes out of the cave that is, like, shocking, like, shakes the earth. And all the guys are looking around there hearing this story. And the, everyone's like, holy cow, and they're grabbing their picks. And they're like, uh, I don't even know what else they would grab. Their hooch, probably, their drinks. And they're putting on their boats because they probably all had their shoes off. God knows, you don't want to be around a bunch of miners without their shoes on. Because that's nasty. But so they're looking around, and they know it came from the cave. And then pirates staring at them. And the, like again, I don't want to tell this guy how to do his movie, but I would have liked a little... Like fake out, like before they got to that point, like have like a pirate's best friend hidden in the cave with a horn. And then like he comes out, like he had blown the horn, everybody's attention is there. And then he comes out of the cave like, ah, and everybody's laughing. And then the big horn comes. I think I don't know. I'm just into that kind of like a fake out thing. But again, I have Nate as that guy. With the Serena Williams movie, said, I'm not making movies, so who am I to judge? Uh, you know, but uh, so where were we? So the big horn comes out of the cave. Oh, wait, it's time for a break. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Have you ever used string before? What if your string was made of sugar? Sugar string. And you could taste it and eat it. What if your clothes, you could. Like, do you ever have a nervous habit where you suck on your clothes? What if there's sugar in your clothes? Your clothes are made from sugar string. Wouldn't that be nice? Now, what if you could have dessert wherever you were, and you know you didn't even have to eat it because it had almost no calories. That's the brilliance of sugar string, folks. Now, we here at Sugar String Labs have been working around the clock for years trying to figure out the least toxic dyes, with the least amount of side effects, and, you know, clothes that won't smell like your breath after you suck on them. And we finally come up with what we're happy to say is called sugar string. It looks like norm- normally clothes, cotton, Coolmax, whatever you wear, but it's got sugar in it. Real, 100%. Sugar. Sugar. So you can suck on it, you can lick it, you can taste it. Whenever you need a little sugar, use sugar string. That's it. It's coming soon. Kick. Actually, you know, I don't. I, I hate to you know ask you folks, but we're trying to do a sugar string Kickstarter because we. Uh, a lot of people said this is not a good idea, and we tried to pitch it to investors, and they said no. So we're kickstarting it. If you could invest in sugar string, one day you could wear it. Sugar string. Uh, uh, we're actually a billion dollar sugar corporation, but we don't want to spend our own money on it, but it's a product we think is great. Thank you. All right. So we're back. And, uh, you know, if you're, if if you're, uh, if this wasn't a boring podcast, you'd probably be like, watch If you were watching a movie, you'd be like, while we're young here, let's get to the, I thought the name of this movie was called uh, Vikings versus 49ers. Right. Um, when When's it going to be time for that part of the movie? well, your patience is uh, duly served because now it is. So the guys, that go into the cave. Uh, they light up torches. Another bad idea. But I guess they didn't have flashlights back then. I think a couple of them had lanterns. They're like, uh, okay, like who's going in? Of course uh, Doc's going in. Of course uh, Dopey's going in. They need the brains. Of course Sneezy's going in because he's the uh, hero. And Pyrite's going in. And then uh, Grumpy was going in 'cause they needed, you know, his positive attitude. I'm trying to think. I think there was a guy, I want to say Foot Fungus, but I think that's not his nickname. But again, I'm not in on all the seven dwarves. But so these guys go into the cave. And meanwhile, they're trekking in. Next thing you know, they see the bow of this friggin' ship. And they're like, holy cow, like... What what the heck is this? Like Steve Smith's, is this? The, and of course, just like the character's supposed to do, Pirate's like that's it, that's Noah's ship, and he runs ahead, and they're like wait wait wait, why would Noah's? You know, look at the carvings, like why is there like uh, like strange faces, and what Noah didn't have shields on the side of his ship, and uh, well, those aren't, aren't uh, traditional Christian symbols, or uh, whatever, uh, the traditional symbols of whatever Noah's, you know, culture was. So what are you talking about? That's probably um dope he said that because he would be the one that would know. And then he's talking about Druidism and Zoroastrianism or stuff like that. That was kind of dull. And then, there, of course, pirates up there trying to get up to the ship. now. no. Anybody that's been in a ship that's out of water, Frick, how are you going to get up there? Because it's like 10 miles. So he's like, you know, trying to figure out any for everything. And then next thing you know, uh, here comes Sneezy. He's got a grappling hook. He throws it up there. They climb up on the ship. They get up there. That's when things go crazy. All of a sudden, you know, they get deeper into this ship. It was a pretty big ship. And then they hear the horn from the outside. And they realize, like... Pretty quick, uh, what's the guy's name? The, the dopey's like, there's so many people were just living on the ship. They're like this isn't like because this isn't some sort of you know. He's he's like this has recently been alive. And so then they hear the horn outside. They run out of the ship and they get to the mouth of the cave and they just see like this like battle going on back at their camp. They get back to camp. All their buddies are gone. Are, like passed away, killed by. Uh, t- some I mean they don't even know. And then they remember like the town where they left their freaking uh wife and kids and stuff and uh Pirate's fake girlfriend from Niagara Falls area is not that far away because they like to go back on the weekends and, you know, see their family and stuff. That's what this one probably call I don't even know. I want to say the name of the town is Falstaff. So it's probably like a day or two hikes. So they're like, uh, you know, we got to stop. They must be going to our town. And, uh, you know, they get one guy's dying words, which is like Vikings, Vikings. He's like, what? He's like, Vikings. And then he makes a helmet sign. And like, what? And then he passes on, you know, to the next world. So then these guys are trucking. They're trucking down his path. Next thing you know. Ghost of Eric the Red shows up. He's like, uh, they're like, you know, they draw their, uh, picks. Of course, uh, Sneezy's at the lead and he goes up and Eric's, Eric the Red's like, you know, oh, I'm not here to hurt you. He's like, our families are here. And he takes a couple swipes at him. Of course, it's a ghost or, uh, per- astral projection type thing. And he's like, you know, these, these men are evil. You know, you, have you know, left something for you up ahead. And they go up ahead and there's, uh, Viking type armor, like helmets and stuff. So these guys grab that. Meanwhile, they're like, "We're a bunch of miners. We don't know what we're doing." But they catch up with like a couple of the slower Vikings that were like out of shape or whatever, maybe the rear guard. Now, the one thing the Niners did know was like they knew the trails, so they were able to like do some sort of flanking maneuver. So those two guys by themselves, they take them out, no problem. I think no, I think. um Doc got cut, and uh but it was like well it's one of those things that takes like two or three days he you know gets the fever and stuff, so no big you know so then they realize like uh that uh they're gonna have to pick up the pace and get to the town first, and uh uh sneezy's trying to come up with a plan and they get to the town, sneezy runs ahead with uh uh, was he run ahead with uh, the smart guy, wh- whoever, uh, Dopey. And they get ahead, they get to the town, they say, everybody get out of here. I- ironically enough, they get on boats because it's like, uh, and they say, you know, get off to like whatever that, you know, one of the bigger cities in Alaska that's nearby or Fairbanks, I don't freaking know. And, uh, you know, clear out the town. And, you know, it- it kisses. He-, he kisses his wife goodbye Now, strangely, or in a filmic sense, his wife looks a lot like the wife, Eric the Red. So this guy, Sneezy, may be a direct descendant of Eric the Red somehow. But again, they didn't have a freaking, whatever that thing's called, genealogy report at the end of the movie. Um, But so these guys, the town's empty. And then the, they uh, are like, uh, "What?" He's like, "What are we gonna do, Doc?" Or and I'm sneezy. They go back to meet the other guys. Doc's at this point he's gone, so it's Pyrite and Sneezy and Dopey, and they're like, "How are we gonna take on this crew?" Of because uh, they had spotted them, and they, I think they even threw. They might have even had bow and arrow. But it's, again, like these ni- miners, how are they gonna take on the? Uh, so they do some. Ewok-type tricks with uh, rocks, and they do a rock slide. They take out, like, five more guys. Um, But still, it's like there's still, like, 15 dudes left. They're big Vikings. And then the next thing you know, they wait at the town, and, uh, like, they're, like, whispering, of course, some secret plan. So then the Vikings are coming. You're like, okay, they probably set up the town full of booby traps or something. And at the entrance of the town is, uh, what's his name, Sneezy, with his sword drawn. And the Vikings are strolling in at this point. They're like, and he's like, I hope you have wife and women and children for us to plunder. I will plunder your wife first, uh, you know, the, the head guy. And uh, then they turn around and what's his name? Uh, Pirate's doing his, like, whatever the rumple or whatever his dance is called. And he's like, I don't know. So then the Vikings are looking back and forth. And uh, then, of course, you hear this rush of water. And this torrent of water comes, pshh, sweeps the Vikings out, drowns them, and takes them away. And, uh, but it also takes away uh, Sneezy, unfortunately, and uh, ruins the town, washes uh, you know, the whole gold claim out. And then, like, you know, they're crying. Uh, Who was it? Uh, Pyrite and uh, Dopey. And they're like, let's go back up. You know, we got to get this. Maybe there's some stuff in the boat or something. And they go back up there. And, of course, there was a cave in there, so the boat's gone. Um, and then, like, they zoom in, and they're just staring at the, like, looking at the wreckage. And then you don't see like you just see the two of them sitting there and they're like well I guess we just start digging again back to mine and and uh he's like well shouldn't we find all the women and children that have vacated and like well yeah I guess we could do that but then you see a full moon behind them and there's a viking standing there for like if they were to make 49ers versus vikings too which it probably won't because it wasn't enough Vikings versus 49ers, you know, uh, action, action movies need action. And, uh, there was like a, but it was beautiful, beautifully shot movie. Um, I seen one movie a while back was like the Nazis versus some Swedish people or something. They were like zombie Nazis in the snow. Um, and that was pretty nice looking, too. But this was beautiful. I mean, whoever the cinematographer is, you should hire him uh, because he was great, the director. They just need to work on the, the fighting part. But again, I don't know. I mean, that's maybe why I saw it in this uh, one, one-time deal. But again, I thought I liked—there's some stuff to like about it uh, for a sleep-boring podcast. Definitely a lot of stuff to like. And again, I don't know what was true or what wasn't, so don't quote me on any stuff like, oh, wait a second, you know, Steve Smith really did, or Noah really did bail out on the Ark. Uh, Or he had, or like, I don't want a whole debate. Like, would Noah have bailed on the Ark? I don't know. Like, that wasn't, this is a movie. And then, you know, we don't need to start an online debate about what's his duty stick with the ship or get off the ship with some creatures you know, what was the Ark sinking? Did the Ark exist? Ark exist. Well, didn't, did Geraldo ever find the Ark? Was Geraldo looking for the Ark? Um, did the Ark have a lifeboat, or was that the Ark was the lifeboat? And Or is this whole thing a metaphor that I don't understand? Maybe the movie uh, 49ers, maybe the Vikings were, like, made of gold, and they were like, hey, leave the Earth alone, bro. You're plunderers. We're post plunderers. Because what was that guy saying? What is melted will never. What is frozen once? Once frozen, never frozen again? What is that? Um, I don't know if that means anything. But again, Russell Crowe wouldn't have been in this movie because he's a star. But maybe they'll buy it and remake it in like a little bit more cooler way, I mean, because the concept, 49ers versus Vikings, at first you laugh, but you could probably make it, I don't know, 49ers aren't very tough, though, but they could be, you know, that gives us something to root for, like rooting for you to be asleep and rested, so that's, um, that's it for tonight, I hope you're rested, um, uh, it's kind of like, yeah, a lame version of a horror movie or whatever, but, uh, you know, that's I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to bore you, or soothe you, or lull you, talk to you, be here for you. Basically, that's my job. Uh, is I'm here for you to make sure you fall asleep or have some, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and a half, you know, time where you don't where I I'm like your doctor, Demento, distracting you from the fact you can't sleep. So. You know, there's other episodes out there. There's a lot, 140 plus. So if this one didn't work, put on another one or get up and get out of bed. That's a strategy. I wouldn't watch TV. Maybe read. Maybe um, meditate is another good option. Breathe. Look outside. Um, look up at the sky. You know, it makes it can can humble you know that that's the same sky that the real 49ers and the real Vikings looked at. Probably, I mean, maybe, maybe not, maybe I'm incorrect, but, well, they definitely looked at the sky and the moon, if you can see the moon. All right, good night. I'm here for you, and I'll be here for you three nights a week uh, for, you know, till, 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 uh, you know, unless any Vikings show up and then I'm out. All right, good night. Thanks for listening.